you know, to your point, a lot of people do say, hey, I've already done this. Why do I need to do that? They look at it kind of transactional when planning is more of a process. It's ever changing. Not only are people's lives changing, but... Welcome to High Trust Professionals, a podcast where we interview top industry and community leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs from across the country. Hear what it takes to build trust, be a respected leader, be productive, and win your day. Sit back and relax as we dive into another episode of High Trust Professionals podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to High Trust Professionals. I'm Lynette Arismith, your podcast host. And with me today, I'm so excited. I have my friend, John Diamantis, who is the owner and founder of Heritage Law. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. We're going to have fun talking about law, legal stuff, things that people should think about and don't think about. Um, I mean, we could be here for days talking about this stuff oh, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So give just tell us your story. Give us, you know, who you are, what you do. Do you have a specialty? And just give us a little bit about you. Yeah. So again, my law firm's Heritage Law. I'm an attorney and I specialize in estate planning. Um, so typically that involves creating wills, trusts, powers of attorney, also do business planning. So help owners set up LLCs, corporations, um, things along those lines. Um, got kind of a non-traditional career path as an attorney. I used to be a trust officer and a financial advisor. So kind of gives me a more well-rounded sure financial experience seeing the the planning table from different seats. Right. Oh, yeah. In different awesome. stages. Oh, to me, there's nothing that can replace experience in different places and parts and pieces that, that fit into what you do yeah. every day, right? A lot of times you know what you do, but you don't always know what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps me be a better partner. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about how you got started and doing your own thing, you know, being an employee for someone and now you're in charge of you. Yeah. That's different, you know, but those of us that have that entrepreneur spirit, mm-hmm. um, we have to make sure that we have the right habits to make us successful. Yeah. Right. So what do you do to help win your day? How do you set up your day for success? Personally, I'm kind of ADD, so I try not to get too many things on my to-do list. I like to focus on one to three really important things and know that, you know, if I achieve these things, that my day is going to be a success. Everything else is gravy. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess you could say I, maybe I should be doing more time blocking and things like that, but that's what's worked for me. Mm -hmm. And it helps me move the ball forward every single day. Yeah. You know, sometimes I agree with you. It can, as, as humans, we get, um, if we have too much going on, then nothing gets done. It's just too many things to focus on. So I like to take a to-do list and prioritize my to-do list Mm -hmm. because then, like you say, you have those top three things or four things, you know, those are your non-negotiables. And if you get to everything else, then that's a good thing. So along those same lines, then how do you distinguish yourself from your competitors? That's a good question. Um, I guess I try to take what they're doing and do it a little bit better. Um, try to, yeah. you know, keep my prices a little bit lower, deliver my services a little bit faster, mm-hmm. be a little bit more accessible, more responsive, more responsive to clients, mm-hmm. use more technology. Um, I guess, you know, I kind of take the mantra, you know, cheat off your neighbor. If someone's doing something that works, you know, take it, use it, um, and then make it yours. 
I love that. Can I write that down? Yeah. Cheat off your neighbor. There, you know, I've always said there's there's no original idea, really. I mean, there are, but you know what I mean. It's like take someone else's best practice and make it your own. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you said, maybe you the use of technology that helps you. So remind me, how long have you had your own firm? About um, about three years now. It goes really quickly. <laughs> it it goes very fast. Okay, so then doing what you did, knowing what you know, what advice would you give someone who maybe is aspiring to do what you did, to be independent and open their own firm? I mean, I think the biggest thing for people is it's scary to take that leap. Mm-hmm. You wonder, can I do it? Can I make it? And you don't really know until you do it. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest advice for someone is to just do it. You know, write that business plan and follow it. You might not know what your you know first three years of revenue are going to be. I mean, you can try to you know set some goals out, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know the first step is just taking that step. As Nike would say, just do it, right? <laughs> just do it. So to me, what I think about is because it is scary. I think there's a Martin Luther King quote that talks about just take the next step. You don't have to worry about yeah. what's at the top kind of thing. So where do you find your business then? So, you know, you have this interesting path that got you where you are. Yeah. And so, again, I'm that new person who wants to go off on my own. How do you build a book of business? Yeah. Well, something I've always identified is that relationships are really important mm-hmm. in your growth, whether you're working for someone or yourself. Mm-hmm. That's something that's really valuable that you can always take with you. Um, whatever role you'll, you're at, you're, the people you know, that'll always be with you. Yeah. And to keep growing those relationships. Mm-hmm. And you never really know where that's going to take you. Mm-mm. You know, you never know where that's going to take you. You also don't know who they know. Yeah. You know, I've always said to, you know, keep in touch with that circle of influence or that, you know, your sphere. Because you want to know who they know. And then you want to know who... One of my favorite things to do if I'm in a social setting and I'm with someone I know, along with some people I don't, is I'll ask you, who should I know? Yeah. That's kind of the secret of networking is a lot of people, when they first get started, they try to sell to the people right in front of them when really they need to kind of figure, tap into who those people know. Yeah. I agree 100%. So let's transition a little bit. So what's the number one thing that people will ask you for or about, number one. <laughs> for estate planning, it's usually something like, I just need a simple will. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get into talking about, usually I'm like, okay, hold on, let's get some background. You know, uh-huh. I want to learn more about you know, your, your family and your assets, you know, what we're dealing with here. And I learned so much more about them. It's like, there's actually a lot more going on here. You probably need more than that. Mm-hmm. But they don't know. Yeah. Because they don't know. Don't you think people think, oh, well, someone told me I should have a will. Someone told me, I, what's a trust? Do I need a trust? How does that play into everything? <laughs> but kudos to you because you don't necessarily just answer the question or fill that need. You ask questions. Yeah. You have to ask questions because you're, it's a puzzle. Yeah. I need the full picture to give them the full answer. Mm-hmm. So let's turn that around then. What's the number one thing that people don't ask for help on that they should? Um, probably about, um, family members. That's something that people can, might not be as forthcoming about. Hmm. Um, I think that's kind of a generational problem I see where, um, one generation doesn't 
reveal what's going on in their life to the next generation. You know, whether it's parents telling their kids that they have planning or what they've done or where things are at, mm -hmm. um, there's often a disconnect in the conversation between the generations. I see that too. You know, believe it or not, even in mortgage lending, when you're talking about assets or you're talking about where cash is coming from, or sometimes it's just someone who's, oh, you know, I, I want to buy my family home because no one ever talked about what I'm going to do mm -hmm. when grandma or grandpa can't live there, or mom or dad, et cetera. So that's great. So generational planning. Yeah. It could be a much bigger conversation than, mm. you know, just that person sitting in front of me. I mean... They might want a bigger perspective than that, but they don't mm -hmm. really know to ask that. They don't. They don't know. I think there's so many things people don't know to ask. And we've got a couple of those other things that I'll unveil here in a few <laughs> minutes. So you're three years in. At this point in your career, how would you define success? I think just freedom, frankly. You know, not worrying about what you know, where your next paycheck is going to come from, that you can rely on the the history that you have, that business isn't going to be a problem going forward. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to keep coming in. Mm -hmm. um, to have that peace of mind, I think to me is, it's amazing. Because mm -hmm. when you start, you don't, you don't know what next month is going to hold. Yeah. You don't know what those numbers are going to be. And, you know, am I going to have to draw down my line of credit? I don't know. Yeah. Um, you hope it goes well, but you don't really know. But then after, you know, you do it for a couple of years, mm -hmm. you see, okay, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. You know, next month's probably going to be like the last six months. Yeah, exactly. Which is nice. Well, and you know, I've always said that hope is not a strategy. So we can't, but here's what I hear you saying is you stay the course, mm -hmm. you do the work. It's not, you know, you can't just hope that business comes because you're still procuring business. You're still asking, you're still networking you're still connecting and it's really those things that snowball yeah i think it also comes down to not being afraid to ask not being afraid to say hey who do you know that might need you know wow i so enjoyed working with you yeah you know i i'm sure there's someone you've got a friend in your circle who doesn't know what they need either i'd love to have a conversation yeah that's a deep well of opportunity a huge well of up, yeah, and I and I see I see you doing that as well. So, what would you say would be the top three skills needed then to be a successful attorney? Ooh, attorney. Um, I mean, I, I could ask you the top three skills needed to be. Frankly, you know, a I, neurosurgeon. Yeah, I, I think it crosses over for a lot of business owners. I mean, I think you need to have an entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. I mean, you need to be able to go out and build your business, whether you're working for someone or for yourself, I think the expectations are the same. Mm -hmm. um, gotta be able to talk to people. Everything we do, that's so crucial. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> just put the work in. I mean- It comes down to that, doesn't it? <laughs> there's, there's really no shortcuts. I mean- There but, aren't. I mean, I see a lot of attorneys that just wanna you know, keep their head down, work a desk, yeah. you know, work pile of folders and not have to go and make relationships mm -hmm. or talk to people or pick up the phone and call their client. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Those are all, you know, things that you've got to do. You've yeah. got to get over that hump. Yeah, you do. Now, do we still need those 
those worker bees, sure. In all of our industries, we have to have, you know, those worker bees that are willing to do that. But I think too, to be a business owner like yourself, to be an entrepreneur, and you have to have that mindset of growth. Mm-hmm. You have to have the mindset of, of growth for sure. So, you know, we talk about, a lot about what people don't know, what they should know. So let's just do some basics, some boring basic stuff. Yeah. So if I came to you and didn't have an estate plan, um, how would I even know what to start with? Like, what are the basic documents I would have to bring to you to review? It's helpful if people bring in their documents because I can at least see what they have. But most often, I would say most people don't have anything or what they have is so old that it doesn't even make sense to review that mm. we're, we're going to do a fresh something, whatever that is. Um, but as far as the basics, I mean, most people need a will, powers of attorney. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really change no matter how much money you have, what your family situation is. Okay. Um, you know, if you get in a car accident, you want someone to be able to, to help you. Mm-hmm. And that's right. something a lot of us are going to have to deal with. You know, some things I could see people, so, you know, our listeners, our viewers, who think they have everything buttoned up. Yeah. And they don't realize sometimes, yes, a will, maybe a trust. Well, what kind of trust? Mm-hmm. Um, the powers of attorney. No, you've got medical power of attorney. Um, sometimes it's a financial side. I know yeah. in our world, you know, we, we divide and conquer what our roles are in the family with and for our parents. And it can be... Um, important to make sure those lines are defined yeah as we age and as our parents age etc yeah and you know to your point a lot of people do say hey i've already done this why do i need to do that they look at it kind of transactional when planning is more of a process it's ever changing not only are people's lives changing but you know the laws changing yeah um just there's a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. I see that all the time with powers of attorney where they're like, I've got a power of attorney. Why do I need a new one? Well, you know, nowadays we're doing a lot of long-term care planning and you need very specific language in your document to be able to do yeah. that. And if mm-hmm. yours doesn't have that, then you know your family's out of luck. Yeah, and you're not protected or they can't speak on your behalf or there are a lot of things that play into that, right? So, okay, I, I don't know if there's a such thing as a legal buzzword. <laughs> <laughs> They all are. <laughs> I think they all are. I'm going to just say the word probate. Yeah. Like everyone's like, I have to avoid probate. What does that mean? Well, they should be saying that. <laughs> it okay, is... so maybe it's what is it and how do we avoid it? Yeah. So probate is the legal process of, you know, transferring assets to your to your heirs. Um, so what a lot of people don't know is that if you don't have any planning in place, your state's going to go through probate. And if you have a will, your estate's going to go through probate. Every will goes through probate. And probate is typically a 9 to 24-month process. Oh, wow. Um, where, you know, your your beneficiaries have to wait for all of that administration to get done, which is a, there's court-assisted. The court is part of that process every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Attorneys have to file things. Mm-hmm. We have to go through all these steps. Um, and it's cumbersome. So if there's a house involved, for example, you know, no one's able to sell that house for a long time, possibly. Right. Which could be a problem in and of itself. So really that should just be part of the planning process. I think so. And if you, you know, are doing planning, it's something that could be easily avoided. 
which is what most people want to do, that word propane. Yes. Propane. So changing directions again, because I like to do that. Who is the one person that you would love to have as a mentor? Oh, geez. Um, I would just say anyone who's, you know, top of the field in what I'm doing. I mean, I, I would love to learn and have someone to go off of. Mm -hmm. That's a really difficult part about being an entrepreneur is you're probably on an island. Yeah. You don't have someone like that to look to. Mm -hmm. Someone who's, you know, got all the answers, the secret sauce, the perfect model. Is there a secret sauce? <laughs> and a perfect model i don't know back to cheating what'd you say cheating from your neighbor no what'd you say yeah you gotta cheat off you gotta your cheat off your neighbor that's right i was gonna write that i mean there's someone who's done it before yeah. they already know the best way to do it and mm -hmm. maybe it is the best maybe it's not but it's probably better than you know if you're starting from square yeah, one totally even to have you know i'll lean on sometimes other people that do what i do across the country yeah. So it might not be someone, it might not be my neighbor that I'm cheating from, but it's someone who I met at a conference mm -hmm. or someone who we stay in touch and we talk about strategies yeah. and best practices. And sometimes there's even a little accountability. I, um, I also find social media kind of helpful in that regard to where you can mm -hmm. join professional groups of people that are in a similar situation mm -hmm. where you've got people you can ask questions mm -hmm. and bounce ideas off of. Um, so that. That could really bridge the gap. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a really good idea. So here's a fun one. I might have been talking about this in my office earlier today. So if you could take a class to learn anything, anything, what would it be? Oh, I really want to get into trademarks. So... <laughs> Kind of, you know, just legal nerding out. Um, I was just going to say, most people might say, I think I want to take a dance class or I want to. Yeah, this is more professionally focused, but, you know, where I see myself in, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, I would love to not be tied to an office. Yeah. I would love to have a practice area that I could do anywhere. Mm -hmm. I could do it from the beach, you know, mm -hmm. on a laptop. Mm -hmm. To me, that sounds wonderful to not have to you know, meet someone face to face in Omaha, Nebraska during the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds Get great. it. <laughs> I, you know, you can do that. So a trademark. So in my mind, I go to, I really want to learn Spanish as an example. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I never would have thought of trademark, but you can do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So any, any area that's a, a federal practice area, you know, not state specific, uh -huh. you can typically do anywhere. I love that. And so favorite beach? Oh, uh, we go to Cabo a lot. We like that. It's not the warmest place, but mm -hmm. um, it's just always a mild, mild uh, yeah. temperature any time of the year. That is one, like one of few places we've not been. <laughs> Seriously. We have some friends who were just there and it was cool. Like they sent us pictures by the pool thinking they were going to be showing off and they had like their blankets on there. Yeah. You know, the towels on their lap because it was a little windy maybe. It's really known for golfing. Really great golf courses. Okay. Which, you know. You're a golfer? Always popular. I try. I'm yeah. not not very good. Best best score? You know, I'm happy to shoot 100. <laughs> <laughs> I have a girlfriend who's an awesome golfer. And her goal is always to beat her husband whenever they play. Um, and I did get word on Monday. She beat him by four strokes. So there you go. 
<laughs> they're in Kansas City, actually. I think it's the hardest sport that is. I mean, you can't really teach yourself. You don't just blunder into a good golf game. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, have you ever played pickleball? Yeah, love it. You have? Yeah. Okay, that's like such a thing now. So I, I played college tennis, though, so I'm, I'm oh, happy with all the racket oh, sports. Oh, I played college tennis. <laughs> That's awesome. And so is it similar? You know, a little bit, but I'm, I'm pretty bad. Anyone who's good at pickleball would probably, probably really? beat me up. But, I can't believe that. I mean, I think I'd pick it up pretty quick, though. But is it like, but it's like tennis. It's, but do you have to keep the ball off the ground? It kind of, to me, it feels like I'm playing ping pong, but I'm on the ping pong oh. table. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I haven't played yet. I've been invited to play, and I decided that um, I would say no thank you for now. <laughs> it, I, uh, I end up whiffing the ball a lot because the pickleball racket's shorter than a tennis yeah, racket, oh, so yeah. I'm used to having a longer uh -huh. racket. <laughs> So how long, how big is the uh, ball? It's it's a wiffle ball. Oh. And your, the pickleball paddle is wooden. So it also throws me off that there's not really any spin involved. Yeah, right. Whereas, okay, Mr. Tennis. Okay, yeah. I got it. Okay, so to be continued on the pickleball analysis. We'll, we'll do this again after I've played. You know, if you're not that good, I'll play you. Yeah. Um, I, I And so more to come. Yeah. Like we'll have a part two. Yeah. Deal? All right. You know, there's a pickleball bar that opened at Omaha, too, just recently. Blue um, Sky? Yeah. Uh -huh. See, I even knew about that. That looks really fun. It does look very fun. Okay, so we're going to do that. Okay. Part two. All right, last question, and we'll wrap up. If you could go back to your younger self, what would you say? What advice would you give yourself? You can choose that age that you would have given yourself advice. Mm. What would it be? Honestly, I, I wish I... Took more summer school, got through school faster. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a lawyer, I've been in school for a very long time, <laughs> and I wish I could have shortened that up a little bit. Yeah. Um, just kind of been a little bit more efficient with my time. I didn't go over. I didn't take extra time. I know mm -hmm. a lot of people were on that seven-year yeah. college plan. Yeah. I did it in four years, but I've also met people that did it in like two and a half years. Wow. And it's like all that sooner that you're getting to your, you know, your career, yeah. your full earning potential, mm -hmm. you know, living life. Mm -hmm. It's not fun to struggle with money and no. kind of be just starting out. No. So do you prefer to be referred to as a lawyer or an attorney? Oh, it's no difference to me. It's not? Okay. Just, just curious. You know, like a doctor or a physician. Mm -hmm. It just kind of doesn't, yeah. Well, <clears throat> let's wrap this up. John, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for, for being here with us. And we know where to find you. Right? Yeah. Which website? www.planheritagelaw.com. Planheritagelaw.com. And I'd say that's a wrap for this time, guys. Thanks for joining High Trust Professionals. I'm Lynette Aerosmith, your podcast host. And don't forget, you can find us in a lot of different places. Like, share, please give us a review. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and TikTok. <laughs> See you next time.